Well, good evening, everybody. Thank you for, <coughs> excuse me, for joining us tonight. Uh, my name is Dave Everett. This is my wife, Sherry, uh, here at the House Discipleship Center. We're going to be continuing our Bible study tonight on the Believer's Authority by Andrew Womack. Uh, this is week two. Uh, last week we did an introduction, and this week we're going to go, uh, we did start chapter one last week, but we're going to read, read the beginning and start over with chapter one today. <coughs> excuse me. Um, anyway, uh, thank you for following us. All, just so you know, all of our Bible studies will be archived. They are archived on our website at lighthousediscipleship.org, as well as our uh, YouTube channel at Lighthouse Discipleship Center. Uh, anyway, uh, you can follow us there. And those, thank you for those who are supporting us financially. But you can also uh, support us on our website at lighthousediscipleship.org. And so uh, that's a way that you can do that. Uh, these, these messages have been going around the world. We, we reach people, uh, we have over 5,000 people who watch us each week from YouTube alone. Uh, lately I've been talking to some people from Pakistan, from India, uh, Nigeria, uh, just for, uh, to mention a few. Anyway, um, so anyway, we're reaching a lot of people. Thank you for your support so we can continue to do so. Um, I think that's all the announcements I have for the, for this evening, just making sure that we're, <coughs> excuse me, getting dialed in. Uh, again, we're going to be in the Believer's Authority. That's the book we're in tonight, and uh, we're going to be starting over with Chapter 1 again tonight. So if you missed last week, our introduction, we didn't miss too much. <coughs> and we're going to start over with Chapter 1. So we'll be in Chapter 1 tonight if you have a book. If not, just give us your good ear. We'll read it to you. And then uh, Sherry will be our reader for us, our narrator, and then we'll go from there. So, all right. Ephesians six ten through twelve. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. God's word reveals that we are not wrestling against flesh and blood, but demonic powers. Our fight isn't against people, but the spiritual forces influencing them. However, most of us simply don't recognize the role that the spirit realm plays in what occurs in our daily life. We think it's just human, natural, but the devil is busy influencing people every day. It's useless to debate whether or not an individual is possessed, oppressed, or just depressed. When the New Testament calls someone demon-possessed, the Greek word there literally means demonized. They are under the influence and therefore control of the devil. This issue people make about whether someone is possessed, oppressed, or just depressed isn't in the scriptures. The truth is that people all around the world today are being influenced, controlled, and used to whatever degree by the devil. Okay, that's that, that, a nice little introduction. I do like this. I've, all, I've used actually this introduction for many times in many years. You know, there's a lot of different schools of thought when we're talking about spiritual warfare. We're talking about the believer's authority. You know, this is the very first book I was I had that, that was introduced to Andrew Womack. Uh, you know, and there's a lot out there in the name of spiritual warfare, ancestry prayer, whatnot. <coughs> and I used to get caught up in some of that, and I used to agree with some of that, and 
used, people used to call me an intercessor. Uh, if you look at my yearbook annuals from my junior and senior year, a lot of people called me an intercessor. Uh, I did pray a lot. I mean, I, I, I could tell you story after story. I did pray. I was praying for our school. I was praying for a revival that was going on in our school. And so, uh, so in one sense, I was interceding, uh, you know, and, but I like, I appreciate what Andrew says here, you know, uh, he says, the issue people make about whether someone is possessed, oppressed, or just depressed isn't in scripture. The truth is that people all around the world today are being influenced, controlled, and used to whatever degree by the devil. You know, I used this last week, and you'll, you'll hear me using this illustration many times in this, this teaching. But if you remember the time when Peter uh, and Jesus were talking, and the disciples, and Jesus had the revelation, you are the Christ. And Jesus made the comment, this has not been revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by the Spirit of God. Well, in the very next breath, uh, Jesus was talking about uh, going to the cross, and, Je- and Peter was like, you know, I'll die. And he was basically telling him, don't go to the cross. And Jesus re- responded to him, <coughs> Get behind me, Satan. Now, Peter was not possessed. He didn't become, in one sense, demonic possessed. In, 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 just, in one breath, he gets a revelation from the Holy Spirit. The, next, the next, very next breath, he, he, says something that, he says something that uh, Jesus says, Get behind me, Satan. What was he saying? He was saying he, he basically, he, Peter was seeing... He was seeing it from a natural, carnal perspective. My master's saying he's going to die, and Peter, Peter's like, "No, Lord, don't die." He was his hero, his master. He'd been following. He left everything for three and a half years to follow this man, and he didn't want him to die. But also, Jesus also knew if I don't go to the cross, all mankind would go to hell. And so Peter, Jesus was saying, "Get behind me, Satan!" In that instance. In that moment, in that phrase, in that conversation, Peter was being influenced by the devil. He wasn't possessed, but you know we all have, I believe, have done something, said something, believed something that wasn't of God. You know that was, and I don't think we were. We, you know, we get. I think sometimes we give the devil too much credit, <laughs> and we're trying to cast the devil out of every single rock. Is the devil influencing things? Yes. Are we okay with that? No. At the same point in time, you know, we're going to get into this. Uh, there's something to be recognized that the enemy can influence even good people, godly people, pastors, God forbid. But yeah, he can influence pastors and ministers. Am I saying they're possessed? No. But he can give them a thought that's not of God, you know. And, you know, let me just say this. You know, even temptation is not a sin until you give in to that temptation. Uh, You know, and so, uh, but we can all be misled. uh, And, you know, people who even love us dearly can say something to us that's not from God, it's actually from the devil. I don't, you know, uh, we'll get into this. I don't want to get too, I don't want to get the cart before the horse and I don't want to get too early in this. But, uh, you know... We, we, we spend too much time on spiritual voodoo. I know there's a lot of teachings out there uh, on the inner self, inner healing, uh, the third eye, different things. And, and Andrew and the college, they don't support that. We don't support that. You know, a lot of that is psychology. Andrew doesn't support psychology. You know, he will even tie that all back into the, being demon, uh, demonic. 
You know, and I'm not here to teach on all that. We'll get into that one. I'm sure we're going to have a, a chapter on that in this book. But th- this book is not so much talking about the devil. It's talking about the believer's authority. We as believers have authority. God, God has put all principalities underneath our feet, the church. And sometimes we get too... Uh, we spend so much time trying to analyze and w- whether this is oppression and, and depression and uh, whatever or whatever you call, call, want to call it. If it's good, it's God. If it's bad, it's the devil. <laughs> if it's, you know, yes, there's people who are oppressed with sicknesses and diseases. Jesus said he went to go to kill all of those who are being oppressed with the devil. Is there oppression out there? Yes. Is there demon possession out there? Yes. But if it's not the God... It's got to go. If someone's sick, they need to be healed. If someone is being, whether they're being influenced by the devil or being influenced by their own flesh, I mean, sometimes their own flesh, but Bible says if you sow to the flesh, of the flesh you'll reap corruption. Some of the corruption that we are experiencing in this world and even in our lives, we brought it on ourselves. We've sown to the flesh, and of the flesh reap corruption. The devil didn't have anything to do with it. Outside of maybe influencing the souls of the flesh. You know, he might have deceived us. He might have uh, <coughs> had some part to play with that. But sometimes some of the, the junk that we've gone through, you, you know, we've done it to ourselves. You know, um, and so, or to other people, or, by, or, or all of the above. And I'm not saying the, the devil doesn't have an influence. But, you know, even if I did cast the devil out of everything, if I don't speak... Fill them with the Spirit of God. If I don't fill them with the nature of God, if I don't fill them with salvation, the life of God, what good does it do to cast the devil, the devil out of everything? There's a at the same point in time. I'm not saying we don't cast devils out. I'm getting, again. I'm not trying to get too ahead. Jesus sent out the twelve. He sent out the seven, seventy. He commissioned the church to go uh, uh, set free those who are demon possessed or uh, cast devils out. There's a place for that. But one of the main scriptures we used last week in the introduction was submit to God, resist the devil, and he flee. We, that was, I think that's James 4, 7. We spend so much time on the latter part of that verse, resist the devil, we don't spend any time about submitting to God. We need to submit to God first, and based on that foundation, we resist the devil. What does submitting to God mean? Well, my, my Bible says, by his stripes I'm healed. And if I have a sickness or COVID or anything else going on, <coughs> I can stand on God's word that says, By His stripes I am healed, and I can lay my hands on the sick, and they will recover. That laying the hands on the sick and to recover is one sense of the word. Gosh, the devil out of something. <laughs> okay? On what basis, on who, by whose authority am I doing this? Submitting to God. A cop submits to the badge. He might use a gun, he might use a taser gun, he might use handcuffs, he might use pepper spray, he might use some other things on his uh, gun belt, or, or his, and, 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 you know, that he's uh, uh, weaponized with, or armored with, I should say, you know. Um, but he uses all of those instruments and tools and weapons based on his submission to the badge. He cannot, over, he cannot go over the law. But he has to stay within the laws and within the, the policy of his training, how to use that gun, when to use that gun, 
in what manner do you use that gun? And every time he's going to shoot that gun, he's going to have to fill out a report, and he's going to be investigated by the IA to make sure he did everything properly. He has to submit to that badge, and then he can risk the, dis- risk the devil and, and do his job as a police officer. But every time he fires that gun, or in most cases, he's going to give an account for the whole situation. Uh, because most likely that situation is going to go to court somewhere, somewhere down the road. He's got to submit. My point is, we submit to God, resist the devil who believe. You know, whatever it is, we need to know our authority. And based on that authority, we don't have to wrestle with the devil. We just cast him out. Be gone. It's not a, we don't have to, you know, yes, it talks about Ephesians 6, uh, Ephesians 6 that we wrestle, but it says three times in that same passage that we stand. We're wrestling in a place of standing on something. There's a rock. There's a foundation. There's a principle. There's a, there's a kingdom authority by which we're standing. And base, that basis, yes, we might, in a sense, wrestle, but it's like Superman wrestling against an ant. You know, it's just not going to, it's nothing, you know. Um, but we need to know who we are and what we have. And who who we are as believers gives us all the authority. The point we're just making on right now that the devil is influencing a lot of things. Don't get so wrapped up in trying to, uh, uh, to... What uh, you're analyzing it, uh, there's a phrase I'm looking, a word I'm looking for. You know, there's doctors who can diagnose, but they can't cure. There's doctor, there's a lot of doctors out there. They can diagnose the problem, but they can't give you a solution. You know, there's a lot of people trying to diagnose what the devil, but they can't give you, they can't touch you free. And I'm not saying the devil's not involved and he's influencing some, he's influencing people all around the world all the time, even Christians at times. We didn't know who we are. And we can set people free. The Spirit of the Lord is upon us to set the captives free. We need to know who we are. Don't get so much uh, caught up in the devil. Get caught up in the Spirit. Get caught up with God. Get caught up in the Word of God. Get caught up believing God. So we can get a revelation where Peter did at the first part of that conversation. This was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by the Spirit of God. That's the type of revelation I need and we need. Anything you want to comment on? Uh, you know, just just I know uh, Andrew and Dave are talking about you know wrestling against principalities and powers and and the the influence of the the devil in our lives, um, with, whether we be Christians or, or not. Um, walking by the spirits of by the flesh. Um, we just watched, um, again, the Mr. Rogers movie, uh, Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, I think it's called. And if you want an, an example of, well, how can the devil influence my life? I'm a believer. One way that he can influence is if you look at the two main characters, the, um, the magazine writer... I, I'm sorry, I forget his name, as well as Mr. Rogers. The magazine writer, he was bitter. He was angry. He was offended at almost anything and everything, all because of the influence or not good influence of his dad. He was so offended at his dad for what his dad uh, did to uh, his mom and his sister and him by just... Uh, 
being an alcoholic and different things and he used that to just be mad at life you know that that's one way the devil can influence us is if we give in to anger if we give in to offense and then you look at mr rogers his own wife in the movies and this is based on a true person based on his life his wife said oh he's angry all the time but when you look at the character you are like he is the sweetest most gentle most thoughtful man i have ever known he's just so good but the the wife went on to say that yeah he's angry all the time but he chooses on how he responds to it instead of giving in to the anger he chose to read the word he chose to pray for people he chose when someone came in his life to give them all of his attention to make them feel loved and accepted how jesus loves and accept us accepts us and you know that that's one way of looking in the spirit letting the holy spirit the fruit of the holy spirit come out of us by being gentle by being loving by being faithful versus letting the the devil had influenced by hey this is what your dad did by all means you have all right to be offended go for it be mad at him you know beat up everybody that comes in your life don't trust your spouse because of what your dad did you know that that obviously there's if you were to put levels of demonic influence yes killing babies in abortion is definitely an influence by the devil and i would say that's greater than me getting mad one day but that's not the point the point is are we allowing satan to have any inroad in our life or living out the spiritual life on how god wants us to live with victory with the authority that he gave us through jesus christ all right, there's a little more I want to say, but I think I'll tack in the next section. Uh, proper perspective. Many Westerners honestly believe that all the demons are over in some third, third world country. But anyone who is spiritually perceptive, perceptive knows that there is an abundance of demonic activity anywhere you go in the world, including the West. We just tend to look at things as being normal and natural for this day and age. We miss the fact that the origin of many things that happen in our day, things that tick us off and come against us, is spiritual. We fail to recognize the spiritual influence behind it. If you were to adopt the biblical mindset, it would make a huge difference in the way you respond. You'd recognize that it's not that person who sits next to you at work. It's not your neighbor, your spouse, or your circumstances that are really what's coming against you. They can be influenced, inspired, and used of Satan, but they themselves aren't really the source. When you genuinely understand that this isn't a physical battle, it changes the way you respond. I get a lot of hate mail and criticisms because of the things I say. There was a time when I took these things personally and thought, why is this individual so upset with me? I just looked at their criticisms and always tried to deal with them on the human level. Since then, I've come to recognize that Satan is the one who's trying to get my attention off of what God has told me to do. 
I recognize that the enemy is using some person to come against me. He's trying to gain an inroad into my life so he can steal God's word from me. Mark 4, 16 and 17. But because I look beyond the individual and don't take their comments personally, I'm able to put things into proper perspective and deal with it differently. I've actually had some good friends come against me. Even though they did some pretty mean things, I've been able to look past that and forgive them. I recognize that they had a sensitivity in some area that Satan took advantage of and used them against me. I haven't been angry or bitter toward them because I understood what the devil was trying to do. Since then, they've turned around and realized what happened. We've been able to completely reestablish our friendship because I recognize that it wasn't those people, but Satan trying to get at me. Uh, I appreciate this a lot. There's a lot here, you know, and I said a lot at the beginning that, you know, don't get so worried about <clears throat> uh, diagnosing the devil. At the same point in time, the purpose of this chapter, and the title of this chapter is We're in the Spiritual Battle. That's the title of the chapter. And we need, you know, uh, right now in America, I believe we're in a war. It's a different kind of war. We're not seeing bombs going off and, and whatnot, but we are in a war. It's a, 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 and, you know, there's a lot going on in our, in our world right now. And we don't want to be so naive that we don't realize what's going on. But we're in a spiritual battle. And we have an enemy. You know, we have an enemy. And he is on an all-out rampage to steal, kill, and destroy. And he's not going to give up until Jesus comes. He's relentless, but he's crafty. He will come as an angel of light. Yes, you know, we've been like Andrew, not to a certain extent we've received a lot of hate mail, but we've received hate mail before. We've received stuff like that before. Not a lot, but we received it. You know, and, and stuff like that, to me, is very clear for the enemy. He's evil. But then we've also had friends come against us, just like Andrew had some friends come against him, you know. And that comes sometimes a little more subtle. Sometimes that comes in, that can come in as an angel of light and deception and whatnot. We've had betrayal. We've had different things. We had. We just came out of a season with a whole bunch of horrible stuff, and they weren't done by what we thought were enemies. We were done what we consider. Uh, friends, even family. They weren't family, but we considered them almost as such. <coughs> but they came against us and, and did some horrible things to us. And and uh, I'll be honest with you, there were some, there was times in the midst of all that hurt and turmoil that I wanted to give up. I just wanted to quit the ministry. I wanted to stop. It hurt too much. You know? Um, it was deep. But I, but you know, just the fact, whenever I made a comment or a thought, I want to quit. Whenever I made that comment, even though I didn't make it in all sincerity, I realized by saying that phrase or saying, just even having that thought, who it was who's behind all this. This wasn't them. This was the enemy who was behind all this. The enemy all along has wanted me to quit my ministry and quit doing what God's called me to do. And the enemy influenced these friends and the circumstances that surrounded it to get me to quit, among other things. And I, I believe the enemy was doing some things in their lives too, and 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 whatnot. And and you know, there's some, there was a lot of deception going on with some of the things we we were battling with. I'm not going to go into a lot of detail, you know. Um, and so it's just 
you know, people have asked me through the years, I'm not mad at these people. I'm hurt. In some ways, I've been disappointed. Um, you know, I am more willing to reconcile. We even have a sign above us. I know you probably can't see it on the video, but it says, let mercy reign in this house. We made that sign. We had that made per per specifically to remind us every day that we are not going to be bitter. We are not going to be vengeful. We're going to be merciful. And we look at that sign every day to remind us <coughs> that mercy is going to reign in our hearts. We choose. We have a choice to make. We can be bitter. We can have a victim mentality. Or we can choose to forgive. And you know, we can quit. Or we can, uh, by God's grace, we can carry on. You know, <coughs> we have to realize that we are in a spiritual battle, not a physical battle. Our wrestle is not against these friends. Our wrestle is against, not against these people who give us hate mail and different things, which in our case kind of triggered uh, our friends uh, betraying us. We believe they're connected uh, in our situation, but maybe not in Andrew's. But it, it just, uh, you know, uh, we just realized who the real enemy is, who the real culprit is. And it wasn't our, our friends. It was, it was the enemy who was influencing all this junk. And so, and so we have to recognize that, who our real enemy is. <coughs> Excuse me, but since we are in a spiritual war, a spiritual war, we have to use spiritual weapons, not physical ones. Because we're not in a physical war. We're in a spiritual war. And spiritual war has spiritual weapons. It says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 4 and 5, that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty for the point down of strongholds. And, and that's a whole other teaching we'll get into a little bit later. Uh, but you know, a lot of people think strongholds over, are over a city or over a region, over a, a, a nation. And I would say yes or no to that. The enemy uses our minds. He deceives us. He deceives us individually. And then as he deceives us and influences us, exactly what he's talking about, he influences us individually. Over time, collectively, the enemy can control a family, a region, a city, a nation. But he's controlling people. It's, it's you know, uh, Hitler didn't become what we know Hitler overnight. It started small. And he evolved into uh, uh, the Holocaust and different things. He influenced people over time. And over time, the enemy can influence a nation and different things of that nature. So, And I want to uh, piggyback again on Andrew and Dave, but I, I really like the main things that Andrew said. There, there's two reasons. One is that the, the enemy is trying to distract you from the purpose that God has for you. That, that, that's the main one. And the second main one is the enemy is trying to steal God's word out of your heart. And if, if he can do that, if he can influence your mind so that whatever you're thinking is more important or, or is stronger influencing your mind than, um, than God in his word, that's the stronghold. You know, whatever he can use. If, if, 
Satan's putting in your heart, you're, you're worthless, you're worthless, you're worthless. God's word says, no, you're not. I, I paid for you with my blood. You are very uh, worth it all. Um, but if you're going to, okay, am I going to believe God or I'm gonna, am I going to believe the, the enemy? And whatever you let rule is that stronghold. Um, so, you know, but again, to piggyback on what Dave said, God gives us things, uh, these spiritual weapons. Uh, excuse me for a moment. All right. We're puppy training, so we uh, apologize for that. Uh, we got a little puppy we got to deal with. So, um, Anyway, I'm going to go ahead and start reading the next section. Satan uses people. Jesus exemplified this same perspective. He recognized when the devil was trying to get to him through a person. After Peter, under the influence of God, confessed Jesus as a Christ, the Son of the living God. That's what I just talked about in Matthew 16, 16. The Lord uh, started explaining to his disciples about his soon coming crucifixion, death, and resurrection. Immediately, Peter began to rebuke him, saying, Be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be, this shall not be unto thee. Apparently, Peter had missed Jesus' statement that he would rise again on the third day. Peter didn't even want to consider the thought of his beloved Lord being taken and killed. This was the same man who just moments before had been inspired and controlled by the Holy Spirit. Yet now, Jesus turned and said unto Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan, thou art an offense unto me, for thou Save us not the things that, that be of God, but those that be of men. The Lord recognized that Satan was speaking to Peter. This word wasn't something coming from God. Jesus knew it was inconsistent with what the Father had clearly revealed to him of his will. So even though Peter had just spoken forth a glorious revelation by the Holy Spirit... Christ knew that the imagination, that the inspiration of Peter's rebuke of him was from hell. There are times when the devil speaks to you through people. He'll use people to get at you. Of course, they must be unaware of the fact that they're being used by Satan. Peter was probably shocked, hurt, and offended when Jesus turned around and said, Get behind me, Satan. However... There are times when you need to rebuke the devil that way too. You know, um, and so uh, there's a story, I don't know if we'll get, be able to get into it. Andrew's going to share a story, a personal story where that, that, that happened. And even a member of his own family, his mom, he had to rebuke. And he wasn't rebuking his mom, he was rebuking Satan who was influencing his mom. And so, um, you know... Uh, uh, this story, I just mentioned this a little while ago, so it's uh, just kind of repetitive. You know, uh, uh, here was uh, the Holy Spirit influencing uh, uh, Peter to give a great revelation, and then the very next breath, Satan was influencing him to say something uh, that was definitely from Satan, which had to do with Jesus not going to the cross. 
And Jesus knew that he was supposed to go to the cross. And so, for uh, you know, it sounded like a noble thing because he, he didn't want his master to be killed. Nobody wants a loved one to be killed. But when, in Jesus' case, there was a purpose behind that until St. Rebuke died. So uh, with, that, with that being said, we got this story uh, coming from Andrew uh, titled, it's titled, Whose Voice Is It? And, uh, and then you'll have to actually read the, um, the, the next two sections. Whose Voice Is and Shut Up. You'll have to read that because it's all the same story. Okay. Now don't understand me and go around blasting people. I'm not saying you should rebuke everyone who disagrees with you, declaring, you're of the devil. Satan is using you in my life. That's not what I'm trying to get across. You just need to recognize that Satan, as well as God, can speak through and use the people in your life. Like Jesus, you need to discern whose voice is coming through. More than 30 years ago, my mother wanted to take my wife, my oldest son, who was one at the time, and me to the Smoky Mountains. This was back during our poverty days. Jamie and I were struggling financially and didn't have any money. But since Mother offered to pay for everything on the trip, we decided to go ahead and go. At the time, my mother had just started believing God for healing. Since she hadn't seen the manifestation yet in the specific areas she'd been believing for, basically she had suffered a defeat. Due to this, Mother was on uh, the bubble about whether, excuse me, Mother was on the bubble about whether this healing stuff really worked or not. Since then, she turned around and received great healing, but this was back in the beginning of our ministry when Mother still thought I was somewhere out on the lunatic fringe. Anyway, as we began our trip, Mother was nursing a little bit of a cold. She started saying negative things about my son like, keep him away from me or he'll catch this cold. I'd answer, no Mother, he's not going to catch this cold. Then she'd complain about the money, saying, I really shouldn't be taking this trip. I don't have the money to do it. So I just told her, hey, Mother, we have Zippo, Zilt, Nada. If you don't have the money to take this trip, we need to go home now because I can't help you. She'd respond, oh, no, I've got plenty of money. Mother was just in a negative mindset, which made it a bad situation. During the hot summer day, my son sat right in front of the air conditioner. Since I understood that we can have what we say, Mark 11:23, it really bothered me when she said things like, don't put him there, he'll catch a cold. I'd have to counter that with, no, he's not going to catch a cold. All this griping and complaining was really out of character for my mother. She's a super lady and is usually very positive, but she just was stuck in this negative mindset. She talked doubt and unbelief all day long. It was a constant battle back and forth to counter what was being said. Since this was my mother, I tried to be as polite and kind as I possibly could. The very first night of the trip, we all stayed in a hotel room together. Our son was sleeping in a little crib. Around 11 o'clock, he woke up with this croup in his throat that you could have heard in the next room. It was loud, and he could hardly breathe. So I got up, prayed in tongues, re 
rebuked the croup and, and released my faith. He went back to sleep and everything was fine. 30 minutes later, the same thing happened. I got up, prayed over him, he went back to sleep. Every 30 minutes, I was up and down like a yo-yo, praying over our son and trying to get him back to sleep. Finally, about 3 in the morning on one of my trips back to bed, my mother said, Admit it, Andy, he's sick. I got right down there, stuck my finger in her face and said, Satan, in the name of Jesus, I command you to shut up. I will not receive any of your criticism or any of your curses. My son is blessed and not cursed. Then I started speaking the word. Mother never said another word and our son never got up again that night. He was just fine. But mother didn't say anything for two whole days and we were together all the time in the car on vacation. Finally, when she did speak, she cried. Well, I'm sorry you think I'm the devil and started into this self-pity party. I said, Mother, you know enough to know better. I've told you the word of God. You knew that stuff you were saying was exactly opposite the word. you just given yourself over to Satan. I'm not mad at you. I was just standing against the devil. He was trying to steal my faith for healing. To this day, Mother con continues to be one of my very best friends. She's over 95 years old and enjoys the blessing of good health. My approach that night was pretty strong, but I knew Satan was behind this attack, trying to steal my faith. You can certainly take a stand against what people say with more tact than I displayed back then. I was young in the Lord, and that's just the way I responded. But the principle applies regardless of how you minister it. Well, as you can tell, we are puppy training. So this is little Gracie. You know, she's just trying to get involved. She just woke up from her nap, so she wants to play and get attention. So uh, anyway, uh, sorry about that. But you know, in this story, uh, Sherry, uh, Andrew, uh, that Sherry just read about Andrew, you know, uh, in this situation, her, her son was sick and, well, uh, well, wasn't sick, excuse me. <laughs> I don't want to say uh, Andrew rebuking me, <laughs> you know, but he, he was coughing. They were fighting, you know, sometimes when someone's sick, sometimes we have to fight. We have to fight. How many you know we're in a warfare? When you're in war, you don't just, you know, you sometimes have to fight. And sometimes you have to just rebuke that sickness or rebuke that cold until it's gone. Some things are just, you know, uh, you know, uh, I think it's in James, uh, uh, either James or Peter, but, uh, or John, <laughs> but, uh, uh, I think it's James, but anyway, I'll go with James with this. You know, he says, you know, and Elijah was you know, a fervent prayer of a righteous man that is powerful and effective. And then he, in the very next sentence, he says, and Elijah was a man just like us. He was comparing a fervent prayer to Elijah. Well, uh, and then he talked about how Elijah prayed for rain, and, and uh, heavens gave rain. Now, if you take, you go back to, I think it's First Kings, and read that story about Elijah, God told him to pray for for rain, and uh, uh, God told him to pray for rain, and he had to pray seven times before he saw a rain cloud. Sometimes we have to be fervent in prayer, and Elijah was fervent, but he, it, just because you don't see a result the first time doesn't mean that always happened. And Andrew and, and Jamie, his wife, were standing in faith for uh, his, their son not to get sick. 
And in the middle of all this spiritual warfare, if you want to call it that, standing in faith for his healing and wholeness, uh, his mom makes a statement, well, just a minute, he's sick. And that is in that breath that Satan, get behind me, Satan. He wasn't rebuking his mom, who he loved dearly. He was rebuking the, the sentence that came, the phrase that came out of her mouth, and, and the constant nagging that came out of her mouth. Not, not because she was a mom and nagging, but because Satan was nagging, using his mom in that instance to nag at Andrew and get him. To, what was he? Why was Satan doing that? He was trying to get Andrew to to not uh, to not to stand down from uh, coming against the sickness. He was trying to, you know, if Andrew had stand down, he probably would not be the Andrew Womack that we know today with all these teachings and what about healing and whatnot. You know, uh, not only was he trying to go after Andrew's faith, but a lot of our faith has also benefited from Andrew's testimony, his now ministry, uh, teaching us how to stand in faith for healing and whatnot. There was a lot of stake here that the enemy was trying to derail. And even using his mom, you know. Uh, and so <clears throat> his mom was uh, standing on the old wives' tale. That, that uh, you know, with the air conditioner and all that, all that jazz, you know. I just use this illustration very similar to Peter and Jesus. Totally different situation. It wasn't as significant as the cross. But at the same point in time, you see how the enemy can influence someone? Even his mom, who loved him dearly. His mom meant nothing evil of it. His mom that meant no bad of it. But yet it was it was wrong. It was it was not scripture. It was not God. And it, it, it's not like her mom just went to some big rebellion and sin and evil and and witchcraft. No, that wasn't what's was going on at all. But uh, <coughs> but. The, and it wasn't even so much that the enemy was speaking to his mom. The enemy was speaking through his mom to Andrew. And say, you know, and he say, Andrew just had to get in the enemy's face. The enemy was not his mom, but they had to get get behind me, Satan. And basically, he used the phrase "shut up," you know. And you know, there's sometimes where the enemy keeps uh, getting in my face about something. Maybe he wants me to be bitter about something, or. There's been time, time to, and through the years, the enemy has wanted to tempt me to do something that I know is wrong. And finally, I just have to tell him, shut up. <laughs> you know, and so, um, you know, we have to resist the devil based on submitting to God's word. It, it, and it, it brings me back to a message that Dave did a while ago. Um, and he was basically, what what hit me very hard in a good way was, Dave's question was, Who's Lord? Is Jesus your Lord or is sickness? Is anger? Is poverty? Is, I mean, he had this whole long list that wasn't exhaustive. But, you know, this story of Andrew and his mom, his mom, in a sense, was letting sickness be Lord and negativity be Lord. And Andrew was fighting that no. Jesus is Lord and God's word says my son is healed and I have the authority over my my son not to get this sickness and and we have we have that that right on our own lives you know who who is Lord are we gonna let bitterness and offense be Lord in our life because someone did us wrong 
You know, a lot of things that people do to us are, are not right, and we're not condoning that at all. There's things that we might do or say that is not right either, but it is not under God's influence. Like Dave says, if it's good, it's God. If it's bad, it's of the devil. You know, in a situation like Andrew's mom, you know, he had to spend some time after the fact reassuring his mom, you're not the devil. <laughs> You know, because if you get a rebuke like that, you need to reassure that person. Because that could shipwreck his mom or someone like his mom forever uh, when someone rebukes you like with such a strong statement. And Andrew was not attacking his mom. He was attacking the devil. And so we have to sometimes, we have to make sure that we reassure people. You know, we're not calling you the devil. <laughs> you know, because yeah, you're, you're not. <coughs> In that instance, you might have been influenced by him. But, you know, the Bible says in Isaiah 54, verse 17, every weapon form, no weapon formed against us shall prosper. Every word that rises up in, in judgment to, to we shall condemn. We're condemning the word, not the person. There's a difference. And sometimes I just throw that little footnote in there. We have to sometimes do what Andrew did. And if that ever were to come about, something like that, we need to reassure. We're not attacking people. We're trying to get people saved. We're trying to get people delivered. We're trying to be a family. We're trying to help people, not hurt people. Um, but uh, we're not against people. You know, we might be against some of the things people do and say and are influenced by. You know, Wigglesworth, I mean, when he was, uh, uh, he had a healing ministry, but he was very violent with his healing ministry. Sometimes he would punch people in the stomach. And he wasn't trying to hurt the person. He was just, he was mad at that sickness. And he was hitting that sickness. He had a revelation about spitting and doing different things to the sickness. He was, <coughs> he was mad at the sickness, not the person. He was trying to get the person well and healed. And he saw results. He just had a revelation who the real enemy was. And it wasn't the person. It was the sickness. And I'm just using those as illustrations to make the same point that we're trying to make over and over. We are in a spiritual warfare you know, we need the eyes of our hearts to be enlightened to know who we are and what we have. But also, in one sense, you know, you know Satan's number one weapon that he has is deception. And you know, you know the danger about deception is you don't know, when you're deceived, you don't know it. If you know that you're deceived, then you're not deceived. That's an oxymoron. You can't know you're deceived and be deceived at the same time. That cannot happen. The danger about deception is you don't know you're being deceived when you're deceived. And Satan can influence you to think something that's good and God. Satan can quote scripture. I believe a lot of the religion, and I'm talking about Christian religion that a lot of people are hung up on, is influenced by the devil. There's a lot of Christian religion and, and voodoo and different things going on that get people off the real deal so they cannot, they won't see people set free. They think they're doing spiritual warfare. They think they're casting the devil out and doing well. And, and yeah, and actually through religion and the religious ways, people are actually in bondage and they don't know it. We had one lady coming to our Bible studies uh, a few years ago and she said to me, based on some of the things she was taught her church, she about once a month, she would be get woken up in the middle of the night by the enemy to wrestle with him. And she was taught in her church, when the devil does that, you wrestle with him. And she would do that all night long, lose a whole night's sleep wrestling with the devil. About once a month. 
<coughs> and I, I, I was hearing this, and I was like, what's wrong with this picture? I said, when you wrestle with the enemy, who's getting all the attention? You know, this puppy right now wants some attention. You know, she doesn't want to share that attention. But when you wrestle with the enemy all night long, hours on end, who's getting all the attention? Satan is. I said, what, hap- what would happen instead of wrestling with Satan all night, you just start worshiping God? You just, you ignore Satan. You know, a puppy, how you treat a puppy when they're doing wrong behavior, you're supposed to ignore them. It seems like we're being a little rude because we're talking to you. But we're supposed to, in one sense, annoy the behavior. We have to kind of control it because of our, our setup right now. We're still training. We just got the puppy yesterday, so be patient with us. We'll, it will get better. But you, we, you, if you, I, I told her, I said, if you start worshiping God, if Satan wants to hang around a worship service, <laughs> nobody's not invited to a worship service. You know? I, and so, I, so she did. She, next time that happened, she worshiped instead of wrestling with the devil, and the enemy left like that. And it never came back again in that manner, in that format. Never had that again. That's submitting to God, resisting to the devil. You know, when you resist somebody, there's a lot of different ways you can resist someone. If someone came to the door right now and I didn't want to answer, all I got to do is just not answer. <laughs> you know, I do that with telemarketers all the time. I don't answer the phone. <laughs> I just don't answer. And then I block their call and they don't call again. <laughs> that went well. Or I can, I can say, you know, I could call, don't call this number anymore. I can resist it and I hang up on them. You know, or I could call, talk to them and, 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 and give them the what for. You know, I can turn my back. There's all kinds of ways you can resist somebody. Sometimes you don't even have to use words. You know, if, if sometimes we just need to get our attention on God and not the devil who's trying to, just like this puppy, trying to get our attention. On the problem, on him. He wants us to wrestle with him all night. <coughs> so we don't have a good night's sleep so that the next day we can't do what we're supposed to do. God gave us sleep. It's a blessing from God. There's a verse on that from Psalms or Proverbs. Uh, he given us sleep. You know, I know that sometimes that I mean the Lord wakes me up to pray for somebody. But you know when the Lord wakes me up to pray for somebody? When I wake up the next morning, I wake up as if I didn't lose any sleep. But when Satan wakes me up, I, I, I'm dragging for days. You know, it just, uh, um, we are an enemy. We need to know who our enemy is. We need to recognize we're in a warfare. And, but, uh, you know, uh, and sometimes we got to rebuke it. But, you know, give God your allegiance, not the devil. Let him have your allegiance. Anything you want to share? And, you know, there's a couple of things. <laughs> so I'll, I'll try to be succinct in, in, in what I'm trying to say. Andrew shared that testimony of what happened with his son on that trip with his, his mom and his wife. And he wasn't bringing it up to say, this is how you handle someone like this. He was not saying that at all. At the end, he said, if you are in a situation like this, that you would use tact and not just blast him out of the water like I did with my mom. He's not saying this is the formula on how you do it. But the verses that that Dave was sharing, submit to God and resist resist the devil and he'll flee. Yes, we need to know it's a spiritual warfare, 
And yes, we need to rely very heavily on the Holy Spirit on how He would like you to handle it. Just a few options without knowing a situation that any of us could get into is sometimes you're just to turn the other cheek. Sometimes maybe blast him out of the water like Andrew did. Uh, but, but there's different ways that the Holy Spirit might use us in a situation. But the, the main thing is we need to know who we are and what Jesus has done for us because the, the gospel is the power of God. It's Satan is already under our feet, but because he is the deceiver, he goes around deceiving people to think that he has the authority, that he has the power, that he has the big guns, and he's the, the one who's going to win. When he's already lost. Uh, as Dave likes to say, I've, re I've read the book. Uh, we win. <laughs> But the, 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 um, I think it's Ephesians 6 where, where Dave was talking about, it, it talks about the armor of God. So, so we need, we need to, to know what arsenal we have. And part of knowing that arsenal is back to the two points I brought out, knowing who we are and what Jesus did for us. And what Jesus did for us also goes with who he is we need to know that and yes I said uh, us first we need to know who we are but we can't know who we are in God until we know who Jesus is and what he's done for us well we're basically out of time for tonight uh, we're going to pick it up here uh, in chapter 1 next week we'll talk about uh, um, uh, some more things before we wrap up this chapter we got three more sections on this chapter before we, we get any further. So, uh, anyway, we're going to wrap it up tonight. And this is Gracie again. Uh, she wants to be part of the party and Bible study. So, we'll get trained her better so there will be less distractions in the future. But, uh, but we're on a little learning curve right now. Okay? So, but we just worship you. We magnify you. And Lord, I just speak your blessing over everyone who's listening. I know we have some people watching from a couple of different countries. Pakistan is one of them. And I can't remember the other one on top of my head right now. But Lord, I just speak your blessing to these ministers who are watching and, and different people. And I speak your blessing over everyone who's watching. We pray for our country still. And God bless America. God bless you guys. Have a great week. And say goodbye to Gracie and whatnot. And we'll, we'll see you later. All right.